Knock, knock. Who's there? Hello, and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams. I'm your host today, and I am joined by Pastor Wes Hillis. Welcome, Pastor Wes. Hello. It's good to be on, you know, the different version of yes. our podcast. If you tune in on Friday mornings, we have a youth edition of our podcast, which um, Pastor Wes and I um, discuss you know a whole bunch of different things and it's really awesome so if you haven't checked that out tune in on friday mornings and you can um, catch a different version of our of our podcast and it's always a a really good discussion it's inspiring it's um, meant for youth but anybody is welcome to tune in and you'll definitely glean something from um, listening so we had the opportunity to hear you speak on sunday for the first time in real life on stage and uh yeah that was awesome we're glad about that it was that. interesting yes. yeah yeah it was good um yeah and it was it was a good experience and a good time and yeah it's hoping it can continue and yeah having those growth moments so yeah yeah so we talked about um you know the parable of you know the friend um in the night yeah. um would you do you want me to read it do you want me to just go right at it or what would you like yeah why don't you read the parable or part okay. of it anyway yeah. okay So this is Luke 11, uh, verse 5 to 13, and it says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, and a a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then it says, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Nice. So it's a very, there's a lot happening in this parable. Yeah, there, are, there is a lot happening in this parable. Yeah. So, so the way we kind of began it, um, you know, if our kids spotlight and that, we kind yeah. of ask some of the kids some of the questions. So I want to ask you some of the questions, yeah, kind of sure. get your response. So get your, you know, mind of an inner child. Okay, I'm channeling my inner child. Yes, that's how you say it. Um, if you were to ask your parents when you were a kid mm-hmm. for a donut, would they have given you something like a scorpion? No, I'm sure they wouldn't. Because that's dangerous. Yeah, right? If they, you were to ask them for a bike, would they give you a spiky cactus? No. Let's hope I not. I would hope not, no. <laughs> if you were to ask for moon sand, yeah. would they give you regular Play-Doh? Well, maybe. Maybe, okay. If they didn't have any Play-Doh, it might like do the trick instead. Yeah, if you were to ask for candy... Would they give you vegetables? Well, probably. Most likely. <laughs> so no judgment on parents at all. No judgment on parents. We understand, you know. It all depends on the time of day. Yep. Um, and how close it is to dinner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we, yeah, we kind of were able to ask the kids some of those questions, get some great responses. Um, yeah, and then we decided, you know, to really dive in. Yeah. Um, and to dive in, um, I just kind of wanted to give some historical context uh, for the parable to kind of create a bridge of understanding. Sure. So the way I think the best creative bridge is to use what's called a hermeneutical approach. Yep. 
So a hermeneutical approach is taking the historical context through its cultural and language barrier lens and essentially creating a bridge into our world today to try and figure out the understanding and kind of make sense of it today. Okay. So in Jesus' time of speaking, um, it was normal, it was custom for a family to live in a one-room home. Yeah, and they would just add on a room if they needed to, right? Kind of, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that kind of makes like everyone slept in different parts of the house. Either, you know, that's where you ate, that's where you slept, that's where you did life yeah. in this huge one-room home mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you'd have a support be in the middle whatever you know construction you need but there was not a lot of privacy there wasn't a lot of you know this separation is my room this yeah. is your room go to your room yeah there, there wasn't any of that so we can see in the parable it's not easy for this guy to get up and to any young ah. family if you could imagine essentially sleeping in a giant tent oh, imagine yeah. sleeping in a giant tent and then someone comes like I need help. I need this. I need this. I need this. It's like not a chance. But you know what? Even in our days, like now my babies don't ha- aren't babies anymore and they don't have naps. But I remember like during nap time, if someone rang the doorbell, you're like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. This better be important because, right? you know, if you're coming to ask to sell me something, like forget it because you just woke my baby up. Right. Yeah. No, like it, there's certain times where it's like you don't want someone to knock on your door. Yeah. And you don't want someone to do that. And I think it's quite interesting the way people used to live back then because, you know, everyone was used to being in the same room together constantly, always. We just came out of three years of COVID. Yeah. Where we were stuck in our each other's homes. And in each other's space. And now we're like, you. I don't want to be around you at all. Yeah. <laughs> I find it so interesting how complete opposite we are. And maybe that's because of COVID. But I think that's been like that for a very long time. I think so. So... Uh, to create the bridge of understanding, I want to try and relate us um, to both people in this story. Okay. To the man who was asking and the man who was inside. So to understand the man who was asking, the man who was knocking, mm-hmm. I think there's someone we can all relate to. And it's the boldness to actually ask for help. Yeah. That There's a huge struggle in that. Yeah. Um, within the parable, it says that you will open the door for a shameless audacity. There's... There's struggle in that audacity to be able to have to go and ask for help. Well, it's exposing a weakness, right? Exactly. Like if we ask someone for help, that's like saying like, I have a problem, I don't have it all together. And that's a tough thing to admit. Exactly. Often. And this this wouldn't, this would have been the same. It would have almost been more shameful in Jesus' time. To ask for food? To ask for help to be able to help someone else. Ah, I see. Like you should be able to help someone who comes to your home in need, but rather this would have been worse because... To be able to help a friend, you have to go to a different friend. Like you're, yeah, yeah. you're not keeping yourself prepared. You're not. So it would have been very shameful almost. And I think we can relate to that, especially yeah. in our Western society. We are taught to be independent yeah. from a very young age. That you yep. need to be able to handle things on your own. Be able to do everything on your own. Don't, don't ask for help. Yeah. You shouldn't have to ask for help. Well, and we tell even our kids that from, no, you can do it on your own. No, yeah. you can, you know. Yeah, and we create this culture that is scared to ask for help. And I think that's how we can relate to this person. Mm-hmm. The anxiety that this person would have felt, the pressure this person would have felt, well, oh, I have to go ask for help. Yeah. No, what am I going to do? It's like I hit rock bottom. I can't do this on my own. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of pain in that. There's a lot of things that we can yeah. really resonate with to actually be the one that actually have to go and ask for help. But I think we can also relate to the person on the inside. Yeah. 
like you talked about with your kids, if someone came and knocked on your door. <laughs> During nap time. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be important, right? Yeah. I think we love to help people. We yeah. want to be hospitable as possible. That's another Canadian thing, I think. Yeah. You want to be hospitable. Yes. Until it inconveniences us. As <laughs> soon as it inconveniences us, we're like, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. There's a cultural understanding that if someone knocks at your door at a certain time, like on a Sunday afternoon, everyone hides. No one wants to open the door. Yep. Watch any sitcom <laughs> on TV. You will yeah. see it. Go behind the couch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But we can we can relate to this person because he was at a time where he probably would have loved to help. Yeah. But it was inconvenient. Yeah. He's All his like, kids I'm were sleeping. in bed. It yeah. was, I'm going to bed. Was, I'm not doing, I'm not dealing with this. But he still gets up and he helps them because he knows of the audacity, the shame that this other person is mm. feeling. Yeah. I think that's something we need to remember is that when someone comes and knocks on our door and is asking for help, it's not something to take lightly. Yeah. They're, they they need whatever they are asking for. It's not, you know, I mean, you do get those knocks on doors. People are like, donate to this. And it's yeah. Like, it happens. But I think there's there's times where we need to be more hospitable and to help others and, yeah. and to get up in the sink of the other person what they're needing. And not because we're meeting a need, but maybe we're meeting a deeper need than exactly. the loaf of bread. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So as we just gave the historical context and trying to relating and understanding, you know, what was happening in scripture, there was two main points of the sermon that I really want to be able to focus on, to be able to kind of go through. Main point number one is the importance of consistent prayer. And mm-hmm. within that, you know, what, what do we pray for? So I, how I want to start this, like just diving right in, what is happening within scripture? Mm-hmm. What is really going on? And see here, Jesus is actually teaching his disciples how to pray. Through this parable. Not just through this parable, but right before he gives them the Lord's um, prayer. Okay. Like right before this parable, he gives them the Lord's prayer. And that is more about, you know, connecting with God to give you your daily bread, uh, you know, to keep you safe, to do all these things. Yep. It's a prayer that they, you know, Jesus is saying, like, do this daily. Do this consistently. But here in this parable, I think he's teaching them the importance of consistent prayer and not just consistent prayer but persistent prayer mm-hmm. see and i, I want to be careful with this because i want to i want to say it the way i did on sunday not because our persistence changes god our persistence in prayer does not change god he doesn't finally give us what we ask for but rather it changes us mm. it creates a heart for what god wants it creates an understanding it aligns our hearts with god because in our persistence it changes when we do something over and over and over again every day it changes us it's a habit it's a habit it changes us so that's why consistent and persistent prayer i think is important it's our main point because we need persistent prayer because if we are praying for something persistently it's going to make a difference in our lives yeah but i think jesus is also teaching his disciples in this parable is the relationship they have with god which makes the reason for prayer even more powerful the disciples would not have understood the relationship we can have with God back in their time. Right, because it that wasn't available to them. Wasn't, it, it wasn't, and they wouldn't have understood, you know, the important, like, how deep we can go in our relationship with God. Yeah. The fact that the Holy Spirit walks with us in our daily lives, it would have been like, what do you mean? You were connected with God always? Yeah. yeah. That is a mind-blowing thing mm-hmm. for them. And I think the fact that we have that, makes our prayer more powerful mm-hmm. it makes our relationship with god deeper and more powerful and that's why i think to have persistent prayer is something very very important but what we also have to talk about for our main point 
is the issues in Jesus' time and in our time. And the fact of the matter is, we are human. Yes. That's the issue. We are human. <laughs> yeah. And it's something we have to accept. We are broken. And what ends up happening is we usually pray for selfish things. Well, just like you were saying, like, if a kid asks for, what did you say, candy or a donut, and their parent gives them vegetables, like, I've totally done that. Mm-hmm. And I've done that because, you know, no. It's better for them. We had ice cream this afternoon, and no, you don't need another ice cream after dinner. Um you know, you were telling me earlier today that your tummy hurt and, you know, maybe we went out for lunch. We went out to McDonald's for a treat yeah. and we had ice cream after. So no, after dinner, you're not going to have another ice cream because you already had one. If you're yeah. still hungry, go get a piece of fruit or, yeah, exactly. you know, whatever. You know, it's, it's better because for them. Because I know them. that's, yes. Exactly. So we end up usually praying, you know, for these worldly things yeah. rather than the spiritual things. And it's, it's normal. We, all of us do this. We all do it. We all, you know, in southern Ontario probably pray that the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever prayed for sports, but... Uh... <laughs> I definitely know people who have. Or you pray for different worldly things, like, yeah. I need... Oh, my car is not doing well. My car is, like, it's bugging me. I need a new car. Or, like, we pray yeah. for different kind of things that would benefit, that we think would benefit us. Yep. Instead of the spiritual things. And that's why I want to say this again. So why consistent prayer then? And it's not because our persistence changes God and finally gives us what we ask for, but rather it changes us and it creates a heart for what God wants. See, our persistence aligns our hearts with God and it mm-hmm. changes us from the inside out to say, okay, God, where, where are you leading me? Where am I meant to go with this? And so you may be asking, like, hearing this, well, what, what do I really pray for then? Yeah. What, what am I supposed to pray for if there's something I'm supposed to pray for? You know, how do I pray? Well, how you pray is different for every person. Mm-hmm. It's like a fingerprint. Every yeah. person prays differently. It's a beautiful and unique thing, I think, that we are able to do that, that everyone can pray differently from everyone else. I think that's beautiful. But I think there's three things that we should focus on and pray for. Mm-hmm. And the first one is for our hearts to be softened. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea to kind of, that our hearts not be cold, that we can be able to show love and understanding and compassion to those hospitality and to yeah. live out the message of love that jesus tells us yeah and the second one is to be able to see people how jesus sees people Ooh, that's, that's a tough one it's, it's hard so one. hard man i'm not just talking about you know seeing your fellow christians as jesus would see them <laughs> seeing every <laughs> single person on this earth the way jesus would yeah that's not that is not always easy no it's not easy at all have you ever had um like a thought that you know came from god so I had, it's funny that you say this. So there was, uh, this was several years ago. There was a kid in my daughter's class that was bugging her. Okay. He, he was just a pain constantly. Yeah. And she would be upset almost every day. And we went to the school. We did this and that. And one day he wasn't feeling well and stayed home. And she was said, what a relief it was. Hmm. And so I remember praying one day saying, maybe you could just give him like, I know this is bad, but maybe just like a little headache or like a little little, little something so right. that she could just have another day of peace because it was so nice when she came home happy. Right, yeah. And so I remember waiting in line to pick them up and just kind of thinking that like maybe not today, but tomorrow, you know, so that she could have a nice... And I remember like clear as a bell, God yeah. saying to me, you know I love him as much as I love your daughter, right? Yeah. And I went, ugh. Oh. And it's like the human thing, like, darn it. 
man, you're right, but <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, it's human. So we I understand should that, too, yeah. but I. <laughs> it's hard. It There's is hard. There's no getting around it. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's so difficult. And um, the third thing I think we should pray for is that the Holy Spirit to have more influence on us, mm. to influence us more, to invite Him into our lives more. And this leads us into our main point number two. And our main point number two is how how God is such a good father. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that, we need to look at God in Scripture and today. So in Scripture, Jesus was teaching his disciples how good of a father God is to them. He was trying yeah. to show them that God is someone of compassion and love and peace and wants to support and you know walk with you in your daily life. And wants now, this, what's best for you. Exactly. This would have been very new language to especially the disciples who have grown up in a Jewish culture who let's be honest in the culture of that time god and all that focusing would have been you know smite these people and destroy these people eye and for an help eye us. Yeah. exactly that's what the culture and understanding would have been this would have been revolutionary times, that's it this would have yeah. been revolutionary and different and i think that you know we can understand today because two thousand years later we understand god as a god of love and something something different um not that he changed, mm-hmm. but rather that he has always been a God of love, but we're able to see it more now. Yeah. Um, and we're able to see that, I think, because of Jesus as well. So when we, when we ask the kids the questions on Sunday, when I asked you the questions today, it was a reference to that, you know, how good of a father is God? He's, if you ask you know, him for a donut, he wouldn't give you a scorpion. No. Hope not, because scorpion, I, I don't like scorpions. But he might not give you a donut either. Exactly. See, we're going to talk that's about that more. The, that's the other thing oh, we're to getting remember. There. We're getting there, yeah. <laughs> and I think something important that Jesus talks about right at the end of the parable is the Holy Spirit. That's one of the main things of this parable is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's at the center of this. So Romans 8, 26-27 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Hmm. See, God knows our hearts. That's something very interesting. See, it says that, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. That the mind of the Spirit is connected with God, because okay. the Holy Spirit understands our hearts. It's it's a trinity. The trinity is never really easy to wrap your head around. No, it's very, uh, it's out there. It's our, our human brains are, can't I think, understand have it. a hard time making I, sense of so it. So what I think we can understand is that the Holy Spirit lives inside us. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and says what is on our hearts, even when we cannot. Mm, when we can't put words to what when we're we feeling. When we can't put is words to what we're feeling. When yeah. we're trying to hide who we really are. When we, you know, throw a mask on and say, God, this is what I really need. And the Holy Spirit's in there like, "Mm -mm, I know exactly what you need right now. I know what is best for you. Even if we don't. Even if we don't. We can't see it. There's not a chance we can see it. No one can see it. No pastor can see it. And I think Philippians 2.13 says it well. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God who works in you. Mm-hmm. this idea you know that he lives within all of us walking yeah. in our daily lives and i want to say this 
Because God is a good father and he knows us in our hearts and loves us and compassionately cares for us, I want to say this with as much grace and gentleness as I can. That ne- There's never anything good, you know, that's coming when no, someone no, says that. No, I feel like we're going to be like... <laughs> You're taking a two by four to us now. <laughs> there, there will be times in our lives where our prayer is not answered. Yeah. And it's discouraging. Yeah. It hurts. It sucks. We, we question our whole lives why when we think we are meant to go left. Yep. Our prayer is focusing left. We're meant to go left. We have to go left. We need to go left. And God says, no, you're actually going to go right. And it's like, well, God, no, I, my whole life has been pointing this yeah. way. I need to go this way. And God says, no, I have something greater planned for you. Hmm. See, even when we can't see it in the midst of our hardest times, when we say, God, I need to go this way, and God says, no, you're actually going to go this way, it hurts sometimes. Mm-hmm. It can be painful. But to know that there is something greater at the end of that, to know that there is something so important that God is walking in you with that, to know that there is something greater for it, I think makes the difference. And I think it shows that God is a good father because he knows what is best for us. He knows that even though we want to go this way and we feel the need to go this way and all of our lives have been pointing this way, it's going to lead to more hurt and pain than we've ever known. But rather, going the way God is sending us, following God within that, there's something greater for us. Something with joy and love and compassion inside of it. And I think the relationship we have with God, the fact that God is someone who knows our hearts, who is someone who gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, I think shows that compassion love. Mm-hmm. For us to be able to understand, I think we got to emphasize, you know, the Holy Spirit walks with us in our daily lives. And the way I want to show that is through a poem. Okay. So the poem is Footsteps in the Sand. It's a very mm-hmm. well-known poem. I like that one, yeah. Very well-known. So I'm going to read it and then kind of, you know, develop more on this. Sure. And it reads, One night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord, Across a dark sky flash scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that many, time, many times along my, the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome time of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. And he whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I think, you know, this poem shows <laughs> just how good of a father God is. He's someone who carries us through those hard times. Yeah. There's something I said on Sunday, and I want to make sure I emphasize it again. Anyone can be a dad. Yeah. But it takes a special kind of person to be a father. Mm-hmm. And God is the father of all fathers. A father is someone who shows love and compassion and cares for you and will do what is best for you. Yeah. He carries us through those hard times. And he he has something greater for us planned, even when we cannot see it. And the reason I connect so much with, you know, this poem, and I've used it many times, and the youth would know this. I've used it many times. 
is because when I was 17, I was still figuring, you know, what is faith, you know, still coming to mm -hmm. faith and still kind of figuring it out. And it was first introduced to me at this time. And it made me realize that, you know, all the hardships that I've had in my life, all the sadness and all this, you know, questioning and not understanding and the struggle and mental health and God literally was with me in all of it. Mm -hmm. Even when we feel alone, God is with us in that. The Holy Spirit is with us. And that, you know, the deepest and darkest points in our lives, God isn't just with us. He's carrying us in those times. And he has us and he holds us and he makes sure that we are okay. I think God is such a good father for doing this. And that's, you know, we don't realize at the time. Yeah. It's but, only sometimes in hindsight when we're yeah. um, removed from the city or like, you know, have come through the other side that yeah. we can look back just like the poem, right? Yeah. Um, we look back and we see those footprints. Yeah. And when then when God kind of says, no, I carried you through, it's like, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And like for me, like I didn't, I didn't grow up Christian. Yeah. So I struggled with, you know, there is no, nothing like God or nothing like this. And then when this was introduced to me, I said, Wow. He was actually with me in all of it. Yeah. I was never actually alone. I wasn't actually in my room, you know, as a teenager being like, oh, there's no point to life and there's no point to this. Yeah. But God was right in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. That he was like, no, you, you, I'm with you in this. I couldn't hear him. I couldn't see him. I didn't even know about him at that point, but he was still there. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. So if there's, if there's two things to take away from this, mm -hmm. there's two things to take away from this sermon, this podcast sermon podcast the first one is the importance of consistent prayer mm -hmm. and within that what do we pray for yeah and it's persistence that you know to have the holy spirit have more influence with us so you know that our hearts can be changed to align with what with god's will and i think the other point is how god is a good father yeah that he is someone that cares for us he is the father of all fathers and he is someone that loves us and will carry us through those hard times Thank you. Those are two uh, excellent points to leave us off on. And um, yeah, that was a great message. That was a really great message. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for that. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, if you have any questions or just want to give him feedback or tell him how much you enjoyed the message, um, you can reach him at Wes at WayneFleetBIC.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me with any um, podcast suggestions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you as well. And my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. So thank you for tuning in today. We look forward to connecting with you again next week. And if you're around on Friday mornings, check out the youth podcast on Friday mornings as well. Um, thanks. Have a great week. Bye.